the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. There Jesus tells us, don't fear those who can kill the body, but they can't kill the soul. Rather fear him who's able to destroy both soul and body in hell. In other words, fear God more than you fear man. And Jeremiah fears God more than he fears man, what man can do to him. So he's obedient to the Lord. Has God called you to minister to someone, but you didn't because you were too fearful? Jeremiah was called to preach a difficult message to the people of Israel. And he obeyed God because he had a reverential fear of God instead of fearing man. One of the main reasons Christians remain fearful of what man will do and say is because they lack a true fear of the Lord. It's way better for you to please the Lord than to disobey God in order to please people. Jesus said, if you want to live a godly life, you will be persecuted. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 22, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. going to be in Jeremiah chapter 22 tonight. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 22. And it just as you're turning there as a reminder, remember in chapter 21 last week, the Babylonians have finally arrived outside the city of Jerusalem. God's been warning them that this would happen. And now they're outside the walls. Well, in chapter 22 now, we have a series of messages describing the fate of of the last four kings of Judah. Remember Jeremiah, he's ministering in the southern kingdom of Judah, and chapter 22 describes the fate of the last four kings of Judah. The last four kings of Judah, before the Babylonians conquered, uh, the last four kings of Judah were wicked kings. And God warned them to turn from their wickedness or face judgment, and they refused to, uh, to turn, and so they suffered the punishment of God for their wickedness. They refused to repent. Uh, verse 1, thus says the Lord, and again, Lord is it in all capital letters, thus says Yahweh. And he's speaking to Jeremiah the prophet, he says, go down to the house of the king of Judah, and there speak this word, And say, hear the word of the Lord, O king of Judah, you who sit on the throne of David, you and your servants and your people who enter these gates. Thus says the Lord, execute judgment 
and righteousness and deliver the plundered out of the hand of the oppressor. Do no wrong and do no violence to the stranger, the fatherless or the widow. Those are the most uh, vulnerable in the society. Nor shed innocent blood in this place. For if you indeed do this thing, then shall enter the gates of this house riding on horses and in chariots accompanied by servants and people, kings who sit on the throne of David. But if you will not hear these words, I swear by myself, God says, that this house shall become a desolation. So the Lord tells Jeremiah the prophet here to go to the house of the king. He says, go down to the house of the king. Now we know where the king's palace was located in the city of Jerusalem. Uh, Archaeologists have uncovered and found the king's palace that was originally built by David. If you go to an area of Jerusalem called the city of David today, uh, you can see the foundation stones of uh, the king's palace there. The fact that it says here, the Lord says to Jeremiah to go down to the house of the king suggests that Jeremiah was probably at the temple or in the temple when he received this command from the Lord because the temple sits above the house of the king or the, uh, the palace of the king. Uh, and so the Lord tells Jeremiah to go down to the house of the king. And so Jeremiah went down to the king's palace and he delivered this message. Now, we have to appreciate the bravery and the boldness of Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah risks his life by delivering this rebuke to the king. The king has the power to order the execution of Jeremiah. Uh, If you remember in the New Testament, John the Baptist, uh, when he rebuked Herod Antipas for his immorality, it cost him his life ultimately. He lost his head. He was beheaded by Antipas. You know, this is dangerous for Jeremiah to go to the king's palace like this and rebuke him in this way. But Jeremiah feared God more than he feared the king. In the New Testament, Jesus says this. Listen to what he says. Jesus says, Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. There Jesus tells us, don't fear those who can kill the body, but they can't kill the soul. Rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. In other words, fear God more than you fear man. And Jeremiah fears God more than he fears man, what man can do to him. So he's obedient to the Lord. He goes down to the house of the king, the king's palace. Uh, and, and in verse 2, we ha- he has this word from the Lord for the king of Judah. And in this message to the king of Judah, the Lord reminds the king that he sits on the throne of David. David was a righteous king. David was a man after God's own heart. God made a covenant with, with David when David was king in Second Samuel chapter 7. And, and here he reminds this king that you are sitting on the throne of David. He reminds this king of that covenant that God made with David. And he says in verse 3, and he's just kind of repeating the details of the covenant with David. He tells him, execute judgment and righteousness 
and deliver the plundered out of the hand of the oppressor. Do no wrong and do no violence to the stranger, the fatherless or the widow, nor shed innocent blood in this place. Remember, uh, the Babylonians are outside the city wall. I mean, it seems that judgment is imminent, but even here, as the Babylonians are right outside the wall, God is still pleading with the king to do the right thing. It's not too late. It's not too late. He can still do the right thing and start doing the right thing. It's never too late to do the right thing. And then he goes on and says, For if you indeed do this thing, then shall enter the gates of this house, riding on horses and in chariots, accompanied by servants and people, kings who sit on the throne of David. But if you will not hear these words, I swear by myself, says the Lord, that this house shall become a desolation. The covenant that the Lord made with David in 2 Samuel chapter 7, it promised uh, that David's throne will last forever, but it was contingent on the obedience of the king. And as long as the king did what was right, in God's eyes, God would uh, protect that king and God would prosper that king. But if the king disobeyed the Lord and rebelled against the Lord, then God would bring destruction. And so here in verses 4 and 5, he's just repeating the details of the covenant that was made with David. He He reminds the king of the conditions of the covenant with David. And he says again, if you notice in verse 5, the Lord says, I swear by myself. Because God can't swear by anyone higher than himself, right? People today will swear to God about something, because that's the highest person you can swear to. God says, I swear by myself that I will do this. But thus says the Lord to the house of the king of Judah, you are Gilead to me, the head of Lebanon. Yet I surely will make you a wilderness. Cities which are not inhabited. Gilead and Lebanon, they were known for their great, beautiful forests. And he says here to Judah, you're like Gilead and Lebanon to me, but I will make you a wilderness. I'm going to make you a desert. Speaking of their destruction and their devastation at the hands of of the Babylonians. Verse 7, I will... Prepare destroyers against you, every one with his weapons. They shall cut down your choice cedars and cast them into the fire. So it's an interesting thing that he says here to the king of Judah that I will cut down your cedars. Where did they have cedars in Jerusalem? It's cedars in two places in Jerusalem. In the temple, they use cedars to build the temple, and they use cedars to build the king's palace. In fact, David refers to his palace as a house of cedars in Second Samuel 7. In First Kings 7, Solomon's palace is called the house of the forest of Lebanon because he built rows of cedar pillars and beams in his house. And here the Lord warns that invaders will come and they will cut down and burn the houses or the buildings of cedars, the, the temple and the palace of the king, just as a, a lumberjack cuts down trees. As beautiful as these buildings were, the the beauty of the buildings would not preserve them or protect them. You know, uh, in the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus and his disciples, they're in the temple in Jerusalem, and the disciples are admiring the beauty of the temple, and, and specifically the size of the stones that were used to build the temple. 
And Jesus says to his disciples, do you see all these stones here? Not one of them will be left upon another. They're all going to be cast down and destroyed. In the disciples' minds, immediately they think, well, that must be at the end of the world. Right? Because they ask, when will the end of the age be then? Because in their minds, there's no way this beautiful building or this complex of buildings could ever be destroyed unless it's the end of the world. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. For the the people of Judah at this time, they had this beautiful temple, they had this beautiful palace for the king, and they thought there's no way these buildings will ever be destroyed. And here the Lord is saying to them, "Their, their beauty will not save them from destruction. And many nations will pass by this city, and everyone will say to his neighbor, Why has Yahweh done so to this great city? Then they will answer, Because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord their God and worshipped other gods and served them. It's their idolatry that led to their destruction. It's because they forsook the covenant with their God and worshipped other gods and served them. They suffered a military defeat. They were defeated politically. In our day, we, we separate the physical from the spiritual. And we typically don't think of military victories or military defeats as something that is actually spiritual. We see it as political or military, and we, we explain it away as just a military thing. But here what God is saying is the destruction that's going to come upon the city is the result of where the nation was spiritually. That's why it's destroyed. And so now that brings us to verse 10. And in verse 10 uh, begins the messages about the final four kings of Judah. Look at verse 10. Weep not for the dead, nor bemoan him. Weep bitterly for him who goes away, for he shall return no more, nor see his native country here. He goes on to say in verse 11, For thus says the Lord concerning Shulam, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, who reigned instead of Josiah, his father, who went from this place. He shall not return here anymore, but he shall die in the place where they have led him captive and shall see this land no more. And so uh, here now God begins to comment on the final fate of these last four kings of Judah. Uh, and some, some commentators believe that uh, this was actually written for the benefit of the final king, Zedekiah, as a warning to Zedekiah, uh, to say to Zedekiah that this is what happened to all of the wicked kings that preceded you, uh, so you shouldn't follow in their footsteps, because it will happen to you too. 
maybe so. It could be written to Zedekiah. We don't know. It could just be a, a commentary on the final four kings. Again, in verse 10, he says, Weep not for the dead, nor bemoan him. Weep bitterly for him who goes away. He says, Don't weep, weep for him who has died. That's speaking of Josiah. Don't weep for King Josiah. Josiah reigned over Judah for 31 years. He was a good king. He was a godly king. He turned the nation back to the Lord. There was revival that took place under Josiah. But then Josiah dies. He's killed in battle in 609 B.C. And he is succeeded by his son, Jehoahaz, who is he's also called Shalom here in verse 11. Shalom, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. He says, he, he, we're told here that Shalom, or Jehoahaz, reigned in Josiah's place. And he says, he shall not return here anymore, but he shall die in the place where they have led him captive and shall see this land no more. Uh, Jehoahaz was a wicked king. He reigned for only 90 days. He's king for 90 days, and the Egyptians come into Judah and they depose him as king, and they carry him off as a prisoner to Egypt, and he dies in Egypt. And that's what it's talking about here in verse 12, where they led him captive, and he shall see his homeland no more. He dies in Egypt. He never returns back to Judah. After only being, you know, only reigning for 90 days, and he's gone. And he dies in a foreign land, which would be which would be a disgrace for a king to die in captivity in a foreign land. It would be considered uh, the judgment of God. And that's what verse 12 is emphasizing here. That he suffered the judgment of God and he died in a foreign land and never saw his homeland again. So now we come to verse 13. Verse 13 is about the next king in line, Jehoiakim. Jehoiakim became king after his brother Jehoahaz was carried off to Egypt. Jehoiakim was a very selfish king. He lived a very uh, selfish, luxurious life. He used his position as king to serve himself and to serve his own greed, to prosper himself. Can you imagine a politician who's self-serving and uses his position just for his own benefit? Things haven't changed in 2,600 years in the world. But that's Jehoiakim. Verse 13. Woe to him who builds his house by unrighteousness. Jehoiakim. And his chambers by injustice. Who uses his neighbor's service without wages and gives him nothing for his work. Who says, I will build myself a wide house with spacious rooms and cut out windows for it paneling it with cedar and painting it with vermilion. Jehoiakim here. He, when he was king, he was more concerned with building his own palace than with building a righteous kingdom. Uh, when he became king, the, the, the nation was in trouble. Uh, the nation was decaying morally, spiritually. And, and Jehoiakim just ignored all of that and he just focused on his own palace and building his palace with spacious rooms and windows and paneled walls. He abused his power. He, uh, he forced the people to build his palace without pay. 
Now look at verse 15. Look at the question that the Lord asks. He says, shall you reign because you enclose yourself in cedar? Or to put it another way, do you think you're a great king because you have this beautiful palace? That's what he thought. Look at this big, beautiful palace I live in. Of course I'm a great king. Did not your father eat and drink and do justice and righteousness? Then it was well with him, speaking of his father Josiah. Josiah uh, did righteousness and justice. He did what was right in God's eyes. And God prospered him. God prospered him as king. It's possible for you to... uh, Do the right thing and prosper. Do the right thing and God bless you in it. Yet your eyes, uh, it goes, I'm sorry, verse 16, it goes on to talk about Josiah. He judged the cause of the poor and the needy. Then it was well. Was not this knowing me, says the Lord? Yet your eyes and your heart are for nothing but your covetousness, for shedding innocent blood, Practicing oppression and violence. He, he had an eye only for covetousness, for greed. He murdered the innocent. He oppressed the weak. He was a, a ruthless king. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, they shall not lament for him, saying, Alas, my brother, alas, my sister. They shall not lament for him, saying, Alas, Master, or Alas, His glory, He shall be buried with the burial of a donkey, dragged and cast out beyond the gates of Jerusalem. When Jehoiakim died, the nation did not mourn for him. They were glad to see him go. Uh, They didn't mourn for him the way that they mourned for Josiah, his father, who was a great king, who was a godly king who led the nation in righteousness, and the people mourned greatly when Josiah died. But when his son Jehoiakim dies, we're told uh, they buried him like he was a donkey and not a king. They dragged him outside the city and they threw his body in the garbage dump. They were were glad to be done with Jehoiakim. In fact, over in chapter 36, verse 30, There the Lord also speaks of Jehoiakim. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning Jehoiakim, king of Judah, he shall have no one to sit on the throne of David, and his dead body shall be cast out to the heat of the day and the frost of the night. I will punish him, his family, and his servants for their iniquity, and I will bring on them, on the inhabitants of Jerusalem and on the men of Judah, all the doom that I have pronounced against them, they did not heed. So Jehoiakim's body is just cast out in the heat of the day and in the frost of the night, just left out in the garbage dump to rot. So now that brings us down to verse 20. And, and in verse 20 now, the Lord addresses the people of Jerusalem before continuing on to talk about the final kings of Judah. Now he takes a break and he addresses the people of Jerusalem. Go up to Lebanon and cry out and lift up your voice in Bashan. Cry from Abaram. For all your lovers are destroyed. Here when he refers to their lovers, he's talking about the other nations. He asked me how I know and I say, bring- 
The book of Jeremiah entails many prophecies given to the people of Israel, but they weren't just commands of judgment and consequence. Within these pages, Jeremiah gives insight into the coming promises that Jesus would offer by coming and fulfilling a new covenant of redemption for all people. What's interesting is that Jeremiah poured his heart and soul out as he wrote this book. It wasn't just a dry dissertation of what people should do or what should come about. Jeremiah was a living and breathing person during the time of siege and exile, and he felt deeply for the people and nation he was a part of. His empathy for his kinsmen should resonate with you as you're part of a larger group of people in a nation and ultimately part of God's family. Is there a stirring within you to see those who are lost come to have a saving knowledge of Christ? If so, you might be able to relate to Jeremiah more than you thought. If you're enjoying this series through the book of Jeremiah and would like to hear more teachings, we encourage you to visit our website at calvaryec.com. In addition to listening to these teachings, you can access more information about the church behind this ministry. Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. As a church, our heart is geared towards spreading the gospel message to all we come in contact with. And we welcome anyone to worship with us at our location in Columbia, Maryland. For service times and location, check out calvaryec.com. Thanks for joining us today. Next time, we'll continue looking at the book of Jeremiah here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and what I know because I know His voice and it only takes Rings true.